Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started. Future Antonio, today. welcome to the program. Selling is all about, really, it's, we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think you're selling, a solution. You're selling change. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. And this is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Jack Hunter, take it away. It's great to be with you guys here today. And I have to say, um, you know, Brian just said the floor was mine. And I wanted to talk about something that when I was the age of a lot of young Liberty people, 19, 20 years old, I thought would be my life's goal. It would be the one thing I would fight for in politics, at least. That might not ever happen, but kind of has happened. And I'll get to that at the end. But when I was 19, 20 years old, um, you know, I'd been listening to talk radio and learning about conservatism. I started to call myself a conservative, but my hero, and this would be in the late 90s, was Pat Buchanan. Um, the primary reason I was an anti-war conservative, and at that time, if you were on the right and you were anti-war, that's all there was. There was just Pat. And I, I liked Pat and his campaigns. He won the New Hampshire primary in 1996. That was a big deal. I was living in Boston at the time. From my accent, you can tell I'm from Boston. I'm kidding. I'm not. But I was living there at the time. But he was an inspiration. It was a big deal, much the same way that Ron Paul was for so many young people You know, a decade and a half, two decades later. So at that time, the neocons ruled the roost. Let's jump up to 2000 when George W. Bush was elected. Of course, we had 9-11. And in 2003, we invaded Iraq, preceded by invading Afghanistan, which was a little bit more complicated than Iraq, which was a complete ruse. I believed as somebody who generally voted Republican, actually third party in most presidential elections, I wasn't voting for the mainstream Republicans because they were awful, but wasn't going to vote for the Democrat either. I thought that the goal should be to kick the neoconservatives out of the Republican Party, and I would be an 80 or 90 or dead man, and that still wouldn't have happened. But I thought it was worth doing. I thought it was needed. I thought they were one of the most destructive forces in our country, and the Iraq war certainly 
prove that in a big way. So fast forward to Ron Paul runs for president in 2007, 2008. I'd been working in talk radio. I quit calling myself a conservative because people would say, oh, you think Dick Cheney's pretty great and support the Patriot Act and torture. And uh-uh, that's not what I didn't support any of those things. People even called me a progressive or a liberal. Uh, conservatives called me that because conservative identity was, you know, unqualified support for Bush Cheney and all the things I just mentioned. So Ron Paul comes along. I knew who Ron Paul was. I admired Ron Paul. And I wasn't a libertarian at the time, but we were both anti-war. When I saw him start drawing, you know, thousands of people, thousands of young people to his cause, his anti-war message, I was astounded. I couldn't believe it. That's what attracted me to Ron Paul, and it made me not only get so interested in this anti-war candidate, but I became more libertarian. I began to change my mind about a number of issues, immigration being at the top of the list, and how we think about that. I'm for border security. I'm not an open borders person, but I think we could do this a whole lot better than we've been doing it. Um, so I got attracted to Ron Paul. I saw the movement coming his way. I saw so many people coming his way, rather. The Republican Party actually loathed uh, Rod Paul um, at the time. It was independence. It was people who used to be sort of bushies who were becoming more libertarian. But Ron had a big impact in 2008 where he sort of sucker punched the, the tail end of the Bush-Cheney Republican Party. And it's something that people remember to this day. And of course, when he ran in 2012, we're in the throes of the Tea Party. And it began to be, well, Obama's thinking about bombing Syria now. And Obama did bomb Libya. Well, we don't like him. That's bad. We don't want anything to do with that. It begin to be more of a mixture in the Republican Party and the conservative movement. Do we have to be so wedded to war and all this Bush-Cheney era rhetoric? And the answer increasingly to many people was no, we don't. In fact, I don't think this is a good idea. Let me get out of this old Bush headspace. Ron Paul's influence, I can't tell you how much that had on people after his post-2008 race and being able to point to that and take anti-war positions. In 2012, as I said, we were more in the Tea Party era, and it became more and more okay to be like that. But the neocons were still there. They were still in the driver's seat to a large degree. Mitt Romney ran, you know, was the nominee in 2012. Awful neocon on foreign policy. He, he just, you know, Bill Crystal, name any of them. He's just like them and pretty much believes the same thing they do. Liz Cheney. Then we got to 2016. Of course, Rand Paul ran for president, and Senator Rand Paul was instrumental on pushing that anti-war message throughout the Obama years and after his father had retired from Congress and politics. This was the liberty movement in action. So when Donald Trump ran, like a lot of people, I was like, what, what the hell is this? Like, is this a thing? Like the guy from Home Alone and, you know, in rap videos and, you know, his TV show, like, is this guy going to be president? And he did. We know the history there now. But I think a big moment for me as a South Carolinian and as an anti-war conservative, and I wasn't some big Trump supporter or anything, when he stood on a debate stage in Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, which is my home state, and told that entire crowd, Bush lied, people died, there were no WMDs, it was the worst mistake in American history, and there were some boos, and there were people on cable news writing the man off and saying, oh, he's done, he's toast. And he came back, he won South Carolina big in the primary, and of course became president of the United States. That was a stake in the heart of the old neocon narrative within the Republican Party. Ron Paul had kind of got us there some. Rand Paul sort of massaged that and made it more and more okay during the Tea Party Obama era to be anti-war. And then here comes Trump, who's this red meat guy that the base absolutely loves. 
And while his foreign policy as president was a mixed bag, it was certainly better than many of his predecessors. He didn't start any new wars. He did a number of things I don't like, but I'm just talking about messaging and what's possible on the right and what's the Republican Party and conservative movement at the moment. He sort of, in a big way, took the Ron Paul anti-war message as in the Rand Paul anti-war message and the at the time, Justin Amash anti-war message, the Thomas Mansley anti-war message, uh, newcomer Nancy Mace anti-war message, the Young Americans for Liberty anti-war message, and made it a permanent thing within the Republican Party. So here we are in 2021, and the arguments on the right largely, you don't have a lot of people following the neoconservatives. They still exist. They are institutionalized. They're not going anywhere. Many of them ran off to the Democratic Party, and they can stay there, good riddance. But they're still around, but they don't have the kind of power over the base they once enjoyed. Dick Cheney, Liz Cheney, these people, the base just isn't in line with them. And that's very encouraging. On the right, you also have sort of, you know, I'm in the liberty movement. I'm a libertarian conservative. You have the national conservatives who might, in my uh, general uh, meetings with these people and people I know, friends of mine who subscribe to this, generally are with us on foreign policy, uh, Trumpian American first foreign policy, but they want to do like, you know, right wing versions of what Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders wants to do. So obviously I don't agree on that. I'm for free markets and true capitalism. And I think they're against a lot of that. But the point of bringing them up is they're more with the base and libertarians are more with the base on foreign policy than the neoconservatives who used to, they controlled that narrative by, by far. They were the only game in town. So if you would have told a 19 or 20 year old Jack Hunter that when you get older, that a few decades from now, your dream as a young boyhood conservative anti-war whatever, a sort of kicking the neocons to the curb within the Republican Party would largely come true. We're still fighting them, and uh, I think we should fight them any way we can. They're so dangerous. I would like to further cement this idea of an America first foreign policy on the right within the conservative movement. Keep hammering that. Keep driving it home because it, quite frankly, is the true conservative position. If you go back to the old right and you go back to what people, uh, you know, Ron Paul would bring up in the debates, uh, Robert Taft, the statue in Washington, D.C., Mr. Republican. That was closer to his foreign policy. So here we are in 2020. I'm a Ron Paul guy. I'm a Rand Paul guy. Still a Buchanan guy, even though we disagree on a lot of things. But I'm an anti-war libertarian conservative who wanted to put a stake in the heart of the neoconservatives, have them be gone, never to be seen again. It's not quite that good, but it's close enough. And I got to tell you what a victory it is. And it's cool to live this life and see it. And on to many more victories. We're not going anywhere. Thanks for being with me today, guys. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. 
trust the experts. We're all in this together. If it saves one life, raise your hand if you heard any of those tiresome phrases over the past year and a half. I know my hand is currently raised. Millions of people across dozens of industries were labeled unessential and forced to lock down with livelihoods and futures crushed in an instant. And as government has continued to expand its power and leverage fear to turn neighbor against neighbor, a group of filmmakers have taken a stand and are determined to help set the record straight on the importance of following the actual science of the pandemic. Follow the science on lockdowns and liberty from the Sound Mind Creative Group is a brand new docu-series highlighting the stories of those negatively impacted over the past year and a half by ineffective government policies enacted in the name of following the science. With noted experts like Nick Hudson from Panda, the pandemic data and analytics organization, healthcare policy advisors like Scott Atlas, and telling the stories of business owners, families, and just your average everyday person harmed by these government mandates. Follow the science on lockdowns and liberty is giving us a chance to make sure the true stories of the pandemic are told. So please help us at The Brian Nichols Show in supporting the Sound Mind Creative Group. With noted figures in the liberty movement like Dr. Tom Woods donating thousands of their own dollars to this project, you know just how important this project is. So head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash follow the science to donate and catch their brand new trailer to the docuseries one more time. That's briannicholsshow.com forward slash follow the science.